0: podcast starts listeners welcome if this is your first time listening to the show and if you've heard us before welcome back for the last time this series this is the final or the finale of the first series of hopefully many series of and now the podcast starts thanks for sticking with us if you've done so throughout the first series This is a podcast that talks about horror, horror in film, TV, other media, other items which we think of as adjacent to horror, and sometimes other things from our lives which we'd like to talk about, just because that's who we are. Our discussions aim to be fun, intelligent, and hopefully useful if your interest in horror text comes from a creative or an academic perspective, but be warned, we do tend to swear occasionally, and if it's anything less offensive than the C word, it won't get bleeped, so we are probably not safe for your work. In this episode, we're going to be just talking, as we did last week, uh, about everything we've discussed and encountered over the last year or so of, of making a weekly podcast about horror and random associated subjects. I am your host, TV Velasquez, but you can call me Dan. As always, I'm in Greater Manchester and I have the great pleasure of being joined by the three people who've done more than most to keep me going through this nightmare of a year. <laughs> Firstly, we have. Kirsty Warrow in Shropshire. Welcome, Kirsty. And then.
1: Oh, Ian Winterton. In Cheshire,
0: <laughs> and last but certainly never least, and possibly most recently published,
2: <laughs> Stella Gainer in Manchester. <laughs> Yay! I am recently published. You know, I, I said last week that the book Yay. was out, didn't I? And it was available to buy. Yes. But this week, today, this morning, I got my copy. So that's nice to actually Yay. see it be real. Wow. And I. It took me a couple of hours this morning to actually get brave enough to read my chapter because I was like, oh Christ, what if there's mistakes in it? (laughs) Too late now. Yeah, but I read through it and there isn't. So, yeah, it's um, go and buy it with my uh, blessing without going, oh God, she can't. Fantastic. That's uh, Global TV
0: Horror. Correct me if I've got the editors wrong, please, Stella. Is it Stacey um, Abbott and Lorna Jowett? That's the one. So, yeah cool fantastic
1: and is it is it mostly focusing on walking dead or uh, is it just more me than just that? me on
2: the walking dead so um
1: that's what i mean yeah the, uh, your chat yeah, you.
2: obviously <laughs> then <laughs> other things in there we've got uh iranian vampires uh british horror Ooh. ghosts we've got uh wolf creek um french Ooh. horror some brazilian folklore horror and um, the subtle gore of the returned uh children's horror with goosebumps uh, my chapter, which is fabulous, um, Nordic <laughs> twilight type horror, Castlevania, and some Japanese stuff at the end. So yeah,
0: it's all good. Cool. Excellent, how brilliant! Mm, yeah. Ian or Kirsty, have you got any exciting news this week with which to steal Stella's thunder?
2: Damn you! <laughs> <laughs> no.
3: No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Although I um, I, I convinced our, our kind of manager of of. of Learning centre to buy a copy, so um, it should be waiting for me yeah. on my desk. Yeah, well, that's cool. um, <laughs> when I get Next back. Next time, to work, when we, we meet in reason.
2: person, I'll I'll sign it for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. I couldn't even oh, get no, through. I, mean, it. I don't want
1: to. I wouldn't want to <laughs> steal uh, Stella's Thunder anyway. But actually, I have news so amazing, but I would be breaking the embargo. If <laughs> I was to, uh... Well, that's <laughs> wonderful. If I was oh, so
2: you can't tell us. <laughs>
3: yeah but also like
2: the, you no, were you were denying this a kind <laughs> no, really a
4: people do you need
2: to pick no, them all up not, off the floor easy. from previous weeks because it is littered <laughs> type it in the chat and then everyone can listen to us go Ooh. <laughs> yes I'm, I'm sure the three of us can
0: guess sadly listeners we won't be able to put your link in the show notes to uh nothing um <laughs> so Nothing, we'll no. just have to leave you wondering but um i'm sure it's, it's that you connected
1: to cutaway it's connected to cutaway comics so you can put a link to their website okay yeah, oh, great oh, yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> nice well we we, we um t- uh tag them on twitter every week so we shall, yeah. we shall do that and listeners just watch out for the the inevitable news with ian's name attached to it that will emerge soon <laughs> um I've got no news. I'm just very much enjoying having a week off work because it's Easter.
1: Yay. And, um, you should tell the listeners about your hand. Yes, I have
0: just had a horrific experience, which is that uh, last night after doing it successfully for about 300 times, um, I somehow poured hot water out of a, a kettle wrong and while trying to make up my mum's hot water bottle for the night... I poured hot, boiling hot water on my hand, and therefore have been lying awake in agony, um, uh. unable to sleep, um, for the last uh, about 30 hours. Um, but I have discovered the the utility oh. of keeping your cold um, cold packing from uh, food deliveries, so that you can then wrap it round your hand to provide relief. And I've I've had a a, a pack of cool gel in my hand for. All that time, and that's the only thing that has got me through because basically Ow. it's really quite weird. Um, you know, it, it's sort of okay, but then you take the cold thing away, and mm-hmm. within about 30 seconds, it's like ah.
1: <laughs> so, um, is, I, I went and splashed hot fat from I put too much fat into a frying pan to make some sausages, and I went to do that thing like a proper yeah. chef where you move it, and I splashed a load of boiling hot fat onto onto my hand Oof. and the biggest blister across like three knuckles. That, oh um,
3: dear! That hurt. Made
1: for some good photos, but
3: it. Yeah, I mean, I can emphasise. So well. This, this <laughs> week, this week, I, I um got a, t- a tiny little like burn on, from my straighteners. On my <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. And
0: then
2: to bring it, so
0: that, I, I that, that, that annoyed me for I don't know I think two that's hours. Comparable, Kirsty. <laughs> you know yeah. Um, yeah we have a sisterhood going on here once, nice one i once burnt my long. wrist
2: on the inside of the oven it's getting something out of the oven and i touched the side of the oven with my wrist and it was scarred for ages but now it's covered with a tattoo so it doesn't matter
1: this <laughs> scar here tiger shark <laughs> <laughs> that
2: took a while
0: yep. anyway before you're, we
1: you're uh... know
2: me, <laughs> know how i earn a living um <laughs> uh, yes we do Dan
0: <laughs> I do impressions of Robert Sean, not very good ones I'm in demand in, in, in very strange children's parties um, ok so um, I've got a list of basically a couple of days ago before I had my horrific hand burning incident I, I was able to just sit down and look back over all the episodes we'd done over the last year and just wrote down things that occurred to me um and uh you know uh, uh, you all um mentioned things last week that, that had stuck with you after we'd gone through the the kind of whole series i didn't really say anything major because i because of work last week i hadn't had time to gather any thoughts and i could only remember the most recent stuff so i mainly just went on about survivors which i will do again but not now. <laughs> um I, I don't really need any encouragement um the first thing I want to mention, though, um, is... Well, actually, this is going to introduce the theme to this episode. So, listeners, obviously you'll know this if you've heard the show before. We normally have a topic, and then at the end, uh, throw in a few recommendations for the coming week. I didn't think that was really appropriate, given that um, you know, the, it's not going to be a coming week. It's going to be a coming three months or so before you get to hear any of this again. So um, I thought I, I will gather recommendations um, and one of them also connects us back to a very early episode that we recorded um, it's uh, on all four at the moment and for the next two weeks you can find Annabella's rather wonderful 2016 film The Love Witch which I've only seen because Kirsty recommended that I watch it and we talked about it on an early episode of the show we did about female horror creators and um yeah, I'm really. I was just. I was just randomly looking on All4 to see what films that are on there, and I'm so pleased. And I checked the date, so it's it's going to be up there for for two weeks from when I looked at it on Tuesday. So um, if you're listening to this, it will be there until a week from Tuesday. Um, but it's such. I, basically, um, as as you all know. Um, and and Costinos especially, I am kind of immersed in sort of 50s and 60s color horror movies, um, and I, especially recently I've kind of been revisiting some, uh, and I I want to rewatch The Love Witch because the the use of design and style in that film, although Annabella claims it was not at all her intention to kind of recall earlier periods of filmmaking, um, except maybe Doug, well Douglas Sirk melodramas. But not mm. earlier, kind of horror. It, that, oh, okay. that, that's Yay. fair, isn't it? Um, uh, yes. <laughs> so I'd, I'd like to kind of watch it again because I do think that um, that that it has, has resonances with that. Uh, it has Samantha Robinson as a kind of ambiguous. Um, is it New England? It's set sort of set in New England in a vague. I mean, it's very sunny for New. It's New England. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, no, <that's good>.
3: Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I can't remember off the top of my head. But it's it's it, it's a stylish kind of thing, yeah. isn't it? Um, and yeah, I still I didn't I didn't realise it was on all four. So I'm delighted to 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 hear that because I I might well just go and you know kind of watch it again and uh, revel in its beauty. I mean, just the use of colour is yeah. amazing in that
0: yeah. film. Just beautiful. Absolutely. Just, Um, yeah. Although, um, Stella, just... uh, Sorry, Kirsty, just thinking then. um, I know that... Well, you looked kind of dubiously at me when I said that, um, you know, the the film isn't trying to hark back to earlier styles of filmmaking. Uh, Am I wrong that Annabella, the director, has said that? She's... When people have have challenged her and said, oh, are you doing this, you are doing that? She's gone, no, I was just... Making my own thing. I w- I wasn't aware of that, but I mean, I think
3: certainly it would it would seem sort of I, would, I would, I'm slightly incredulous at the idea that she wasn't uh, you know kind of in some in some way sort of pastiching you know kind of seventies mm. films maybe not horror specifically or intentionally, but it's you know it's got a very clear aesthetic and the, well, you know the acting style, style is very you know, specific yeah, yeah. Well, yeah
0: she yeah. i think it was in yeah. mark Kermo's review of the film he said that either he or someone had challenged her about that and she w- w- just said no I, I i didn't say anything like that with the actors it just happened i mean she may have been lying she may have been having fun um who knows but it, yeah. it, it's got a very yes. kind of del- <laughs> the whole thing is it's kind of very archly um uh charming and the performances have this kind of sort of deliberately stilted slightly heightened 70s style I I think the thing that um, makes me think that's not maybe that's not exactly what she was going for is that the performances are are more than that as well you know they're they're all kind Mm. of more heightened than than even what you would get I, I think and there's a certain amount of you know, there's a lot of stuff about male-female relationships in it and the men who are kind of uh, the love interests in the movie have a particular style of acting performance which seems to comment on, yeah. on the, the gender relationships. So, um, But basically, it's it, it just all works so wonderfully well. And if you remember when we recorded our podcast about it, because we weren't just talking about that film, we were talking about three other films as well, I left The Love Witch still last, and I had to record... I just ran out of time, and I had to record the podcast without seeing the last ten minutes of The Love Witch. So I really just like <laughs> to sit down and watch the whole thing yeah. through in one go rather than broken up, because it does have a kind of hypnotic yeah, it... style. Stella and Ian, are either of you familiar with The Love Witch at all? No.
1: Nope. No, I was just, just, while you've been talking, <laughs> I've just been Googling it and, uh, and looking at the trailer, and it does look... Uh, it does look kind of stylized and fun. Yeah. And yeah. Like, like, has it got a little bit of sort of, I don't know, like bewitched and things going on? Yeah.
3: Yeah. But I was just, as you were talking before, Dan, I was, I was it I sort of, I don't know why we didn't make the connection
0: before, but it, it feels, you know, kind of a bit garf and Rengi. <laughs> well, exactly. Well. Yeah. I mean, um, I, mean, I, I mean, maybe that was, maybe that was what uh, she was resisting. You know, the idea that she kind of made it deliberately bad or something, which, mm. um, yeah,
3: and I think as well, the other the other connection that I think what when we recorded it, because it was, was, the, was it the first thing we that you and I recorded, Dan? yes, I think it was, I think so yeah. I think, yeah, so it was before the you know, official kind of beginning of all of this, launch, um, yes. in, <laughs> before the the apocalypse, <laughs> um so i think at that point i hadn't seen which is you know again I, reflecting on last week's conversation i thought oh you know one of the great things for me about um doing this is is doing the whole miss classics things and 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 in particular getting to see Suspiria. um and so, you know, kind of now now thinking about the look, which I can see actually, you know, kind of particularly the use of colour, how that kind of, you know, is, is very clearly connected to Suspiria. Sure, it'd
0: be good to revisit um, it with that no, in mind, yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, we said this last week, but just watching films, either rewatching them or being prompted to yeah. watch films, I probably should have watched.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been yes. good. Or films, I just, you know. But, yeah, so... um. But yeah, The Exorcist 3 was probably something I would never would have gone and touched until this podcast. Mm. And even though it's not like my favourite movie of all time, I'm still glad I've watched the whole thing. So I I can at least go, I have now seen it. Yeah, that's one of those films uh, where uh,
2: I recognise loads of the imagery from it, because it's been talked about in many, many things, and it's it was useful and good to have actually seen it as a whole piece, rather than just knowing that bit, or that bit, or that bit. It's a yeah, you know.
1: I mean one, one of my one of my recommendations is probably have I mentioned the Cosmic Shambles Network, Robin says No. It's it's uh to access most of it you have to be a, a Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um but it's five quid a month for the lowest tier, which is doing me. And uh, it has some wonderful um like hour long the uncanny uncanny hour is um, one of the main ones and and anyone who likes our podcast will really like that. He even has a has a whole hour on Penders Fen. And, oh, right. and it has the the one that's coming up, um I think it's out on the same day as our podcast, um, is is on Exorcist oh. 3. And I've even had a brief chat with Robin and it's on Twitter. Because of,
4: <laughs> I mentioned Number
1: one. I don't know. Him. I mentioned he was doing it and I said, Oh, you know, our podcast on it. And he actually he, he, he He's of the opinion that with Mark Kermode that Exorcist Three is a masterpiece, and right. um, I I don't agree. But I imagine <laughs> programme on it where he's interviewing lots of people will be will be interesting <laughs> and well worth. I'll,
0: I'll put that link in the show notes by the way to Cosmic Shambles.
1: Yeah. You get you get a lot of Brian Cox, um, oh, of course, sort of uh, stuff as well, mm. and loads of loads of physicists and. Just loads of really interesting left field stuff, but people who like our podcast will especially like the Uncanny Hour because it's got, you know, it's got. I think it's three hours on Car- John Carpenter movies. Great, wow, that makes me happy. Um, on the uh, yeah, so so that alone is worth five quid just to get and and Alan Moore, um, Glang. is the, uh, is there? You have Matt Alan Moore <laughs> right in. I, I that, that's know, I that's know you know, I but, think
0: we should just try and get wasn't as many them. I was just saying. No we should try and get as many clangs in though as we can, I think. It's <laughs> really? finale.
2: Go has <laughs> <laughs> anyone ever counted I them?
1: Am. <laughs> I am clang <laughs> so, uh, who I have, I've never met I am well,
4: clang. But, Speaking
2: um... <laughs> of John Carpenter, um Saturday or was it Sunday? I don't know, one of the days over the weekend, um me knowing what
1: watched... Saturday or Sunday then?
2: <laughs> probably i mean i watched um they live because oh, yeah. he'd not seen it and uh, he chose it by himself which oh. was new um but yeah he'd not seen it but again like i said it was one of those films where he recognized loads of the bits from it so oh well like you know that's what that meme's from or that's yeah, where yeah. you know that long brawling in alleyways from yeah. he yeah. was having that same thing that I was having watching Exorcist Three of like, oh, I know that bit, or I've seen that bit, or I've seen that being spoofed or parodied in various other places. That's
1: one I'd like to rewatch. It's on Netflix now. that. Oh, great. Yeah. Oh, is it? Because I, I, I watched that. I watched that in uh, eighteen, and now I look back and go, I liked it eighteen, but now I wonder if it's adolescent horrible. Adolescent His bullshit. mullet
2: is fabulous. If you're just going to watch it <laughs> yeah. for anything, and no matter what he goes through, and despite the fact that he's basically living on the streets for a number of days, it's still clean yeah. and glossy and shiny and just just perfect. That's true. Well,
0: That's
1: true. true. But, but, but is it's the is the sort of social commentary? Because I remember it. I remember going, yeah, man. It's well, the social, it's social money commentary. Do, money is your guard. Yeah. yeah it's
2: like being hit yeah. over the head with social commentary.
1: And now now yeah. it, now it makes you feel like. Now, now, I imagine I would probably get. Yeah. I don't think awesome so lesson. because it's
2: it's quite a relaxed
1: film, though. You know, yeah, there's like huge, huge sequences
0: in it where nothing happens.
1: Which yeah, he's just, is tro- just strolling around. Movie. Yeah, I would, I would, I would definitely want to rewatch it again. But sometimes when I think about it, I think this is also like watching david ike give a speech <laughs> well no it is and alex jones has
0: gone on record saying he thinks that they live is basically a documentary and there's um there's an interview there used to be an interview on youtube where he's talking to roddy piper saying that movie you were in that was basically true wasn't it and roddy piper's going yeah um he, he, he roddy piper might have been taking the mickey i don't know that interview's not online anymore as far as i can tell um, that's definitely a mark against it, but it's so clearly a satire, it's so clearly <laughs> yeah. a fable, you know. I don't think
1: it's not meant to be taken like that. That's not the no, point.
0: No. Um
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's why it, I'd like to rewatch it with my with my nearly fifty year old brain, because some things you see some things you think are good when you're eighteen, nineteen, you were very you were kind of wrong. And other times did like as, like we talked about with Dracula, other things you just completely weren't ready for. Mm. Um, and I wonder if, if if I can sort of... The 49-year-old me can still like that movie because it's all about the tone of it. So I'd like to see... Mm. Maybe, maybe that's something we can do in three months' time. Yeah, I'd yeah, like
0: to know your opinion on that. Revisit, Re- revisit
1: on They that. Live because cause it might just be, oh, my God, my 19-year-old like this because it's an awful... Conspiracy theory wankfest, or, or is it actually tonally they get away with it because he's taking the piss, um, kind of thing. So it's that—that's what I'd like to see when I when I watch the movie. Well, I'd
0: like to have that conversation. I enjoyed it when rewatching yeah. it on the big screen recently. Um, before we move on from that, then the Exorcist 3 actually is something I wanted to mention because because of our episode the other week, I decided I had to buy the DVD. And see the director's cut mm-hmm. of Exorcist oh. 3, which is like reconstructed from um, barely surviving VHS uh, remnants yeah. of of the cut sequences. Um, and although I haven't watched all the Blu-ray yet, and there's like a really big, like three hour long making of, which I'd be fascinated to see. I have watched the director's cut and I have to report... Uh. it's like it's just not it's just not that very it's not very different it's like there's a few extra minutes uh and jason miller's not in it and the whole exorcism bit at the end isn't in it and nicole williamson's not in it but apart from that there's nothing much different like um i remember when, when we watched it i thought you know the whole opening sequence which is inexplicable supernatural wind blows into a church and the statue of Jesus' eyes open and, and, you know, pages of Bible fly around. I thought, that's got nothing to do with the rest of the film. That's clearly a whole chunk that the studio looked at whatever it was and said, no, this is an exorcist film. Put some religious scary stuff at the beginning. And that's what it, it looked like to me. I mean, it doesn't have any of the actors in it. But no, apparently that was... William Peter Blatty's original preferred opening. The only difference yeah, to right. the re- released version was that he wanted the credit sequence to be in black and white. That's it. So they've just made it yeah, black and know. white. Oh.
1: The pe- people who said, Oh, oh, you don't like Exodus 3, do you? Well, that's because you haven't seen the director's cut. And then I've had it described to me. Mm. I'm like, No, the, the problems I have with XS 3 are still there.
2: <laughs> it okay. doesn't matter if you have bits in. I don't...
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't like that 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 poor priest who we watched in Exorcist One is now being a re- reanimated zombie. <laughs> all, you've is, all you've done is like all you've done is make him not acted by two people.
0: Yeah. Um,
3: can I can I use this as a God. segue? Um, into a recommendation. Um, so this connects to um, what exorcisms generally, um, and to uh, one of our previous uh episodes, which is uh, Wellington (gasps) Paranormal. All right, which is now available uh, in the UK. Finally, I think three seasons. Where is it? Where is it? It's on well, it's on Sky Comedy on now TV. Now TV. Yeah, so little in the last week. So the first episode is all about a kind of uh, demonic possession and exorcism. <laughs> right. I'm
2: so <laughs> um, excited,
3: and it's I'm, I'm delighted to report that it is just as just. New is it everything broadcast. that we wanted?
0: <laughs> yes. Fantastic, because yeah. that was a big note yeah. on my list. Was without mm. this podcast, yeah. I would not have had the amazing epiphany of yes. what we do in the shadows. <laughs> and I know that there are yeah. some people who because of listening to our podcast have discovered what we do in the shadows and fall in love with it Uh, so that's just great and essentially wellington (laughs) who knew Uh, essentially wellington paranormal (laughs) makes me go like oh yes there's more what we do in the shadow stuff that i've not seen so great yeah Yeah. so uh,
3: so for for people who don't know it's um based on uh it's following the two police officer characters from the mm -hmm. film um, into you know they're kind of it's a sort of you know kind of cops style uh, kind of mockumentary um, as they are you know kind of dealing with yeah paranormal wow. sort of around uh, uh around
2: um yeah Wellington that's my New weekend Zealand. sorted um, yeah
3: so yeah it was absolutely Yay. delightful I, re- I read word.
2: about it yeah. the other day I don't know what it was on but I, I it was just in something and I was like ah I really need to see that I really want to see that and then yeah, yeah. There we go. You've delivered. There
3: we go. Yes.
2: So, there you are. so, yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. Uh, and
0: just final thing I'll mention about Exorcist 3, if anyone's not seen the director's cut and likes the film and might have been thinking about buying it, I will say that if you're like me and you thought the best thing in the whole movie was the comedy bits with Ed Flanders and George C. Scott near the start, uh, in the director's cut you do get a few extra minutes of that. All right. and, and that is worth... Seeing, but you know the film would be much better if Should it was I basically sit? entirely that yeah. and nothing else. I'd uh, be happy with that. Yeah,
2: those two on a paranormal escapade. That yeah, would have been better. That would be great. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I still, I, I want to read *I Am Legion* as well, or *Legion* rather. And. Uh...
0: uh Well, as I say, it's it's a long time since I read it, but I don't remember having the problems with it narratively that the film does. It it seemed quite satisfying. Yeah. So,
1: I think it's because they're trying to crowbar it into carrying on from the exercise. Yeah, which definitely. didn't need to do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes creators do that. They can't help themselves, but go, this is it's like they, they, they're seduced by their own success. They go, this is the thing that's made me really famous. And Douglas Adams was guilty of that. It's like, stop writing Hitchhiker's books because you're making them worse and worse. <laughs> you're watering it down. Mm. And, uh,
0: I disagree. I <laughs> think they get better, but anyway, that's a that's a whole anyway, different yeah.
1: podcast. But but I, I don't think The Exorcist just does does is not a movie that says I need a sequel. It really doesn't.
4: Yeah.
1: And no. And 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 he should probably have realised that. <laughs> oh yeah, of, just just made Legion. I was quite intrigued
0: to, to realise when I rewatched it that there's an actor in it called Don Gordon, and the only other film that I know of him being in is. The Omen 3. So it's like he said huh. to his agent, I only want to do movies With about <laughs> Satan, okay? That are part three in the series, no others. <laughs> and his agent went, Well, oh, well you're only going to work twice it's in the to mock decade. It's
4: the trinity. It's to mock the trinity.
1: <laughs> so maybe, it's essential.
0: Maybe that's the point he was making. <laughs> oh. not very
2: well.
0: To to move on to my next point, Stella, um, ever since we did your episode, which was um, brilliant, your two-part kind of dissection of of American serialised horror, I felt guilty because of watching the wrong series of American Horror Story. (laughs) Um, And although I've I've not got Netflix anymore, so I can't say that I I, I am watching a different one, Um, I I do intend to do that at some point. Um, And I will say this, when we did... Uh, True Blood which yeah. um, I just loved discussing and I did watch all of season 2 before my now TV uh, thing ran out so that was great fun and I I did I, I did find myself being grateful, Ima- imagine that I'd seen American Horror Story Roanoke because if I hadn't I wouldn't be able to recognise Adina Porter um, who plays uh, what was she, oh, the name's gone now. The mother of um, Suki's friend in the bar? Oh, uh, uh, Tara. Ta- yes, yeah, no, 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 yeah. Yeah. She She's yeah. one of the talking heads in American Horror Story Roanoke. So, you know, she, she's, she's great. In, uh,
2: she's in American Horror Story Cult as well. She comes back in Cult and she comes back in Apocalypse as well, the actress.
1: What's the general rundown of American Horror Story? Because I've only watched the first two, Uh, and I I, I do like them. It's anthology, so I'm not like abandoned it. The first one is Murder House.
2: The second one is The Insane Asylum. The third one is The Coven. The fourth one is uh, like Circus Freak Show in the 1950s. Sixth one is Hotel with Lady Gaga, and that one is spectacular to look at. It's essentially based on H.H. Um, H. Holmes, the serial killer, and the Hotel Cecil in downtown L.A. And then we've got oh. Roanoke, which is kind of the story within a story, found footage situation. Then there's Cult, which is the only one that has no paranormal stuff in it. It's just based about uh, cults, as the name suggests. And... Um, And then there was Apocalypse, so that brings back the witches from Season 3 Coven and puts them at war with a load of warlocks for the end of the world, which is why it's called Apocalypse. And then uh, there's 1984, which is the last one that they made, which is a slasher set in the 1980s, and it's got Richard Ramirez back again, um, but he is actually cavorting with the devil as he has he wished he was the little prick but he wasn't um but he's actually doing some supernatural shit and that's quite good and they've just released the first bit of teaser art for the next one and it's called American Horror Story double feature so oh i'm hoping it's going to be like grindhouse type situation <laughs> that's what i'm kind of rubbing yeah. my knees with glee about Oh, movie. Movie.
3: So do you think that will be like like you know kind of two stories half uh, don't know seasons,
1: one I don't know I'm just one, that so
2: second.
1: excited how be cool or maybe each episode is too hard <laughs>
2: don't know what he's gonna do maybe <laughs> well, that's maybe, what they've had to do yeah, because yeah. maybe COVID has driven them to do something like that but all 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 we've had now is just a AHS ten uh, double feature and the crowd yeah, went wild COVID,
1: hasn't, COVID has not been kind to uh, Walking Dead so far. I've still not watched but, uh, any of it
2: because I'm still busy writing other yeah. about other well, TV shows. i won't so. them,
1: but, but if, if if I guess if the scripts were good and everything, then I wouldn't know. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be focusing on the fact that yeah. So this one's set in a cattle truck. That one was set with two people in a cellar, and I've just watched two of the most. I just watched two like the two of the most boring Walking Dead episodes in a row, and
2: it's oh that's a shame. So, I thought they really uh, pulled it back with Series Nine because Series.
1: No, I really seven did. Seven and eight were like, dodgy, these, but I
2: thought nine sort
1: of, was well, great again. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why they've they've sort of added these extra oh. hours in. COVID COVID regulations and I don't know. Yeah. But I've not watched the finale yet, which I've heard is all right. Yeah. So. <laughs> exciting,
0: exciting times. <laughs> <do. But yes.
1: laughs> um, it's all right. Three stars. <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> yes. Uh, no. No.
0: Also arising from your TV, uh, US TV horror episode, Stella was obviously. I, I wouldn't have watched The Strain. Um, I am now addicted to The Strain. It's good fun, the isn't whole it? First series, yeah, it's great. Um, I've I have had this weird <laughs> disconnect. There's always going to be something that throws you out, and uh, that's for for. And for different people, it will be some strange idiosyncratic different thing. And for me, it's the fact that I watched the f- the first episode of the second series, really looking forward to getting into it. But the fact that they'd recast the actor playing uh, is uh, he called F? F. The son. Main character, his son. Yeah. Yeah, they recast him, and it's not that the new guy was bad or anything, but the actor who played his son in the first series actually looked like his relative.
2: Yeah, it's that, and he's not grown up that fast. I know kids have growth spurts, but. Not that much. Yeah, Uh,
0: yeah. So it's like that. That kind of threw me a bit, but but basically, I loved it. I was afraid throughout the first series because it was kind of very slowly building up, Mm. and I kept worrying that it would have what I thought, what I call the lurch, where they just decide, no, we've got to get to the action faster. Um, and I, I, that was one of the problems which uh, Fear the Walking Dead, the first season, had for me, is that everything built yeah. up really great for the first four episodes, and then it was like two weeks later or something, and they just jumped f- far mm. further in. And I'd, I'd I'd like to have seen that stuff. Really Generally, really.
1: I Fear the Walking Dead, but yeah, I did feel like that was a misstep. I,
0: I'd like to watch more of it, because yeah. I hear great things about it from mm. you guys, so... Um,
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely worth watching. So
0: uh, basically every week, um, I'm at the moment planning to watch an episode of Hannibal and an episode of The Stray. I was about
1: to say, Hannibal's Hannibal's one of my big recent discoveries that this podcast is responsible for. (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) Kirsty's just doing a heart sign. Uh, That's very tasty. (laughs) (laughs) I now know how to cook that heart. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. several different uh, ways.
2: It's not for vegans. <laughs> is yeah,
1: it? no. I've still got season three <laughs> sort of lined up and ready to be a thing. I start watching,
2: yeah.
1: but I generally didn't want to just plow in and do it all in one go. Well, no, uh, you have
3: to say you have to I think. Say, I
1: said it's last it'll week They probably end up dropping off bloody prime now, won't it? After
2: this chapter, <laughs> I'm in the middle of writing from the book now. The next chapter is about Hannibal and NBC's Dracula, so I'll have to watch it all then okay
3: well you know if you need emotional support through season we'll two do. particularly
2: <laughs> we'll <do.
3: and> then <laughs> you can reach out and i'll you know virtually <laughs> hold your hand yeah season
1: two was, season two is excellent yeah really good yeah now
0: i'm loving yeah. going back to it and just well, that, it's great to, cuddly,
1: to i love that cuddly bear guy but
0: yeah
3: it's all right just... You will learn when
1: you see him. Right. Yeah. Uh, like a sort of gentle Ben. It's like watching Gentle Ben. But anyway.
0: No, it's perfect. And just while we're talking about stuff on Amazon Prime, I'm hoping that Hannibal will hang around for a while because it only arrived in January. Yeah, i yeah, bit have to, um, otherwise I'm knackered. Yeah. One of my other recommendations <laughs> yeah. for for Amazon Prime is the the fact that the entirety of the handmaid's tale is on there now. And oh, I yeah. haven't watched yeah i haven't watched i think most of the third series but the first two i mean it it's a a clear example of the kind of border of of the horror genre because it's not intended to be that at all um but it is possibly the most terrifying thing i've seen on tv Mm. um for years and actually in early january this year when the capital was stormed Mm -hmm. i kept having flashbacks to that bit of narration in one of the early yeah. episodes, where she says, "When they slaughtered Congress, we did nothing," or, or something like that. Yeah,
3: yeah, yes. It's funny. My, my mother-in-law is a big, big Margaret Atwood fan, and when that was happening, it was because like, literally the first thing I texted her was like, Well God, have you seen? <laughs> you seen what's happening mm-hmm. in Washington? It's like the beginning of the Handmaid's Tale." Yeah, yeah. Scary. Ooh, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was listening to Margaret Atwood today on. Uh, this isn't horror but. No, no, just on a podcast. I know. On a, uh, Samira, Samira, this isn't a horror-related thing, but I'd recommend yeah. Samira Ahmed's um, yeah. podcast. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was it's listening to good. her. Um, I was listening to her interviewing Margaret Atwood. Um, yeah, and obviously a lot of it was to do with the Handmaid's Tale, and just the sort of general, the atmosphere of the '80s that kind of led into the Handmaid's Tale. And obviously, it's not that she's psychic or anything. It's that that. Vile underbelly has been in America <laughs> since, mm. since the beginning, almost the uh, the religious side that's wanting you know that's wanted to create a theocracy because mm. that's why they went to the New World. It's <laughs> kind of uh, is is ever present as part of America <coughs> mm. wrestling wrestling with the other side of it. Handmaid's, Handmaid's Tale the third the third season I wasn't quite so enamored of as the first two.
0: Well, no, that's why I haven't watched all of it. I think, yeah. I think it yeah. just didn't grip yeah. me in the same the, way. Um, the, on.
3: the, you know, kind of trailer for the, ne- the new series is is now out, and I just remember I've seen you know kind of headlines that say this looks like it's you know gone, gone for horror now. Mm. So that's going to be, yeah, mm. going to be interesting. And also I, I, one of the things I wanted to, to kind of bring into discussion this week, because it's, it's it's this is going to really date this discussion, but only to a very specific group of people, is whether or not um, we feel that horror films can be set in space. Oh,
1: God, oh, I, <laughs> I saw that. Shouldn't <laughs> let, do not name the reporter, because she's obviously <laughs> just trying to make herself famous. She's a Guardian writer. Is it obviously the same one that to... talked
2: about Get Out and Elevated Horror? And that also, got my wick as well. I anyway,
1: know. I don't know. She, she's not one I'd heard of before. Oh, it's female. She, no, it's uh, a
2: different one then. But it's still the Guardian talking absolute bollocks about horror. Yeah. But yeah, a horror can't be set in space. Did you see the best um, Twitter reply, Sorry. which was Earth is in yeah. space. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I I, I, reply, I oh, replied I replied with a with the most oh, horrific wonderful. alien gif I could find, which was <laughs> the chestburster scene. Well,
2: there when somebody... you know, she
1: had a poll saying, "Please, <laughs> d- is can can horror be set in space?" Yes. Is that like no. Event
2: Horizon? And,
1: and if, if yes, give reasons. And I just put yes, and then reason, mm. and then the it's really a really horrific yeah, gif. Right. What That's a
4: nonsense. It's
1: just full on graphic chestburster, and then uh, what's the name? It's yeah. Sprayed with pig's blood and screaming
0: nice because in space no one can hear you scream yeah. it's as simple as that yeah. you know it doesn't really need much more explanation blimey how old is th- is this person 17
1: <laughs> i just wonder if she's genuinely a moron or if she just knows here's a good place to make loads of people know yeah loads there. of you know, traffic
3: my now she was then complaining about, you know, kind of film Twitter getting all touchy about it. It's
2: like, you yes, know, so we're all, You just fuck said something really fucking stupid.
1: And you write the and you write the culture part. Yeah, of the, the culture
2: part of a newspaper. Yeah, the whole thing just yeah. was like, yeah, you know,
1: <laughs> but, yeah. But
3: the I mean, the, the Guardian's been a you know a mess of hot takes this week. Um, was it, or was it yesterday? The whole you know kind of oh. Of female directors getting oh, yeah. female auteurs getting trapped by
2: franchises was the person just... who wrote that the person who was on about elevated horror, was it Steve Rose oh, Possibly is it? yeah,
3: yes Steve somebody here's yes. the one that was sort of
2: saying that horror can <laughs> yeah, only be no. sort of on. The, should only be allowed to be talked about um, with any sort of reasonable admiration when it's elevated like Get Out oh, okay. so shut up yeah. Oh,
3: yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry a lot. No, right. oh, no. no it's, it's funny you talk about elevated horror. Um, I'd missed the, the there was a Zoom thing, but it was a book launch for um uh, a kind of a book called Post Horror on elevated horror mm-hmm. and kind of cultural appreciation. Um, and looking at things like you know kind of hereditary and get out.
1: And my, my my hot take is that Get Out wasn't as good as everyone said it was.
0: I love Get Out. Shout I love Get Out. <laughs> right it's it's my favorite it's it's my favorite horror film film of the last five years you know what
1: do you know what it's it's it was the which maybe we should do a whole podcast on this because i did like loads of it but then i didn't get the i didn't get the race thing why these white supremacists and i know there was something else going on as well with the white people want to appropriate cool blackness and it wasn't yeah. coming out like that. It was coming out like these were weird plantation people. And it's like they plonked that bit in.
2: Well, it was just a zombie movie. An old school zombie movie. Yeah.
0: Having seen it a couple of times, though, race, relations, stuff mm. is just baked into it all the way through. And there are so many mm. little details yeah. which just speak to that. Uh, like Even like very near the beginning. I mean, the whole thing is based on an interracial relationship where the the boyfriend is is worried about meeting his girlfriend's white parents, you know. So that is kind of in
1: in. But... Yeah, no, no, I, I, and I, I I liked all that, but then I did not believe that the bad guys would do what they did. Yeah, no, I
3: don't. It's not a sort of straightforward, you know, kind of white supremacy.
1: I think it's more... all. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I get there was there was all that sort of yeah, it was it's it's it's, it's liberal white people being all cool and then, yeah, wanting to have, appropriate the coolness.
2: I don't think it's just about coolness, though. I
1: yeah. think I think that's
2: opus- yeah. oversimplifying it because it's. I think it's about ownership of the male body and being able to do with it what you please. Yeah. So it's not necessarily just about trying to, you yeah. know, speak jive or whatever. It's it's about ownership of the of these bodies and removing their humanity so that you can play with them as you wish as your toys.
1: So that that's all yeah. connected
2: in there. So I don't know. Watch it again, then come back to us. <laughs>
1: yeah Yeah. maybe we should do a whole one but it just it just seems to i have have only watched it once but i did buy it and i did and i did love loads of loads of things about it i mean there's a
0: reason it's the only is it is it the only or possibly one of the few horror films to have won an oscar for its script um yes and and i just think it it is beautifully constructed on Mm. that level and and so tense i've seen it twice and i'll watch it again and yeah, it, yeah it's very very tense it's very very funny it's just it's kind of perfectly done um but yeah and, and i i wouldn't mind watching it again and talking about it more because it's just wonderful yeah you do
1: future, future podcast <clears throat> and i love i love um i love uh, uh jordan Pele's stuff in general i mean lovecraft country has just uh, county was it country yeah country. Country. Lovecraft, lovecraft country. Country is just amazing
0: I was gutted that when I had Now TV for those that month, Lovecraft Country had just vanished from it, so I couldn't watch it.
2: Nah. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean,
3: th- with me, for the, I mean, I was. You remember, I was very yeah, excited yeah. about the Lovecraft Country, and it, it corresponded with. I think we saw the first first episode when we had our sort of old. I say old HGTV, <laughs> and then we got a big big ass. 4K one and it looked like, oh, wow. on
2: that.
3: <laughs> and then, and I just, well, no, it was, it was <laughs> I think there was sort of a period of adjustment there where that show was the one that it, you know, kind of, I noticed it more, but I was a bit disappointed with it. I mean, there were some really standout episodes, but I just sort of felt a little bit like it was all over the place. It didn't quite know what it was doing. Um, wow. But I like, but there were, I mean, there were some, you know, like the, the, the um, Hippolyta episode, where she, you know, kind of ends up sort of traveling,
1: yeah, yeah,
3: across eons and becomes empowered, was amazing and just bonkers. Um, yeah, yeah, but I, I just didn't, I didn't, oh, oh and the, yeah, so there were kind of little moments that, well, moments in the series that I thought were really well done, but on the whole, I wasn't as sort of thrilled by it as I was, yeah,
1: oh, no, I know, I, yeah, no, I, I, I can't wait to see a second season of that. Uh-huh.
0: And I know,
2: yeah, I'll watch the second thing. Yeah, have seen
0: it at all, yeah. Oh, well, I'd, lo- yeah, yeah. I'd love to see it, and hopefully we can all talk about that then. Um, just while we've got half an hour left, because I don't want too much of the conversation to be dominated by non-horror stuff, but as we've just had an Ian doesn't like something very much we all think it's great thing disagreement, I just want to pull back to a few weeks ago we have the recurrent Ian doesn't like superhero things, theme which happened over the last few weeks and i feel like i I, I, there's just a moment when i was listening back to the to the one where we uh ian bless you when you were slagging off um the christopher noel and batman films and i kind of half-heartedly said batman begins is good but actually (laughs) what, what i meant to say was batman begins is my favorite film of that entire decade i'm pretty sure i can say that
1: did you not watch any films in that decade
2: Woohoo! Oh, burn!
0: <laughs> and that was the decade oh, when I went to university. Get your cold
2: pack, hot and done. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, uh, I just want to say that I, I, I don't particularly rate the sequels to it, but I think it's a great movie. Uh, and a lot of the stuff that people mock about those movies, like Christian Bale's voice, are not I'm a, I'm n- are not nearly as bad <laughs> in Batman <laughs> Begins.
1: Okay, in, so in fact, it was sixteen years ago. <laughs> I've just googled it. It was sixteen years ago. Yeah, wow. I know. Just well, that that might be a let's let's revisit a missed classic because you know I, I was so young then. I might have missed it. I might well... I might be completely wrong. <laughs> it's not
0: horror, is it? But mm-hmm. it is all about the power of fear. And I I I went to see it with my friend Emma, who was terrified by it and had to hide her head when the scarecrow <laughs> appeared and things like that. Um,
2: she doesn't listen to this then probably not
0: um but hello emma if you do <laughs> god bless you um so yeah so i just wanted to throw that in oh, oh yeah also ian at uh, one point when um uh you were on a kind of anti-superheroes rant i know it occurred to kirsty to say have you seen the boys what do you think i seen boys? the boys
1: but i i do i can watch you know i, I can watch some superheroes i tend to prefer the the less superheroy they are. Like I really like Gotham on TV, and I really like Daredevil on TV. I
3: mean, but you know, uh, Boise is very much a kind of critique of superheroes, superhero kind of branding and identity and the kind of corporatised. It. It's really, yeah, it's really great. Um, yeah, we're also watching at the moment um, Doom Patrol on Stars. Stars Play. I keep putting this Stars, stars well. Play, <laughs> um, which is it's
2: yeah. Uh, Owen, Owen watched that and it's rare for him to be asked about a series oh, and wow. he watched all of
1: that. Yeah. 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 there's so much can't to watch, get him to watch
2: you series. though I persuaded him to start watching Westworld and he is sticking with that so.
1: Westworld I okay. got very bored okay. of
2: I've only seen the first series and I thought it was great
0: but I, did, I didn't think there was a need to watch more
1: cheer up Ian <laughs> no 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 absolutely absolutely loved the first series absolutely thought it was perfect and then the second season, for me, just dropped. It's like it went off.
2: You see, I've been told the opposite by a colleague at work saying the first season's OK, but the second season's
1: brilliant. Yeah, so. I guess everyone everyone has different needs yeah. out of service.
3: yeah. Why well, I I just because I did a wrote a thing recently <laughs> I wrote a thing wrote a thing recently on that their thing about,
2: about that <laughs> that thing
3: yeah no I, I, <laughs> I thought you were good at, yeah yeah I know that I am like, good, at good, right good at you're good at writing the words um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um so I I um, watched kind of season two season one and season two on TV when it was sort of you know kind of being weekly um simulcasted in the states yeah. or whatever. Um, and then more recently, when I've you know kind of gone back and rewatched it, and then watched season three, which I'd sort of given up on, and properly binged it, and I do think it it works much better as a binge mm. than it does as a week by week thing, um, just because you know I think without too many spoilers, season two really relies on the idea of sort of the nonlinearity of it being kind of fundamental to the plot. Mm. <laughs> Um, or the understanding of a particular, particular well, character. Two, that is. Um, and if oh, I right, can yeah, season yeah.
1: season one messes around with. Yeah, yeah, well.
3: but it does. I think season two does it in a way that it's sort of you're not meant to kind of understand it, or at least you know mm-hmm. it's not as. Yeah, it's yeah, it's difficult to explain without yeah. completely spoiling it. But yeah, I mean, I think find that makes much, yeah, it makes much more sense when you binge it
2: than well, this bingeing the idea, I think. Because of the process that I'm going through with writing this book, because I'm, I'm, I've am i split it into I'm going to talk about this series here and that series there and that series there. So I have to, I watch the whole thing, then I research about it and then I write about it. And there's some of them where I think, if I'd have watched this week to week, I reckon I'd loved it. But having it yeah. all compressed into one thing and I'm just clawing my way through it, I'm just thinking, oh, Christ, on a bike. Like, like Penny Dreadful, I think if I'd have watched that week to week... Yeah. and it would have been my favourite thing in the whole world but altogether that much yeah. poetry and standing around in gloomy rooms is a bit much whereas this yeah. week I've just watched all of Castle Rock and it's just so dull and slow but <laughs> I think week to week it just would have mm. been because it's really beautiful to look at I might have yeah. enjoyed it but all compressed together oh no
3: I just wonder if if that's just a product of being where we are in terms of, you know, kind of modes of delivery. Yeah, maybe. But, you know, we still you know, some television is like you know, kind of producers haven't quite got their handle on yeah. like how the difference between a week to week thing I agree or a yeah or a you know yeah because they're
2: always saying in the press oh we've made a 10-hour movie we're not thinking about it as a series we've made a 10-hour movie yeah, so, yeah but then you're showing it week to week or they're in doing the opposite around work, you know yeah, we've yeah. made a series yeah. or we've, you know yeah. it's like what where where are we going with this I mean it's not in any way in my purpose in my writing or research to say whether or not I think something's good it's not my job to make value judgments but to you lot (laughs) I can and to friends I can be like oh my god Castle Rock I want to kill myself it's too slow (laughs) nothing is happening Um, although Sissy Spacek was in the first series and it was great to see her have an awful lot of screen time which I was enjoying but but yeah I think if I would you know suggest if you're going to watch Castle Rock if you're a Stephen King fan don't watch it all at once because I think you'll just end up bored Mm. not Mm. enough happens every episode
0: yeah by the way my friends i th- i think this is a moment to take a segue um because i i mentioned last week that our friend howard was not doing very well following his yeah. his jab. i'm pleased to say he's much better now and hey. in fact
2: he thought- <laughs> you said that in such a sorry, scary tone. Telling- i know why why is I you said- i'm done? really sorry i'm oh really God. gonna tell so you say this now <laughs> well
0: yeah i i hope i hope if uh, if it was serious I would have told you earlier or before we well, yeah, were no, recording. Sorry. But uh, no. I I'm just I'm just saying it now because um <laughs> he he's been able to record a bit with me and and I'm gonna insert it into this episode. So hey. I'm creating an op-
2: so we've got we've got a bag of death.
1: A bag of,
0: the yes, bag of we're
2: feeling playing. like death. Excellent. <laughs> yes, bit of bone, bag
0: bit of, of back from the
2: brink of death.
0: So we'll, we'll segue over and listen to Howard now <laughs> <laughs> hello, listeners. It's time for the bag of death, and more excitingly, still, it's time to reunite with Howard. Hello, Howard. Hello, hello, everybody. How are you doing, Hi. sir?
5: I'm, I'm no, I'm well. I'm very well. No, I did well. Yes, I had my vaccination a week and a half ago, which I was very excited about and a relief. Uh, and also, you know, it was a strange. I felt this kind of sense of validation because 12 months ago when all this terrible thing started and we became aware of this virus and it was on the news, people were starting to die, going to hospitals and all this and it all seemed very dark and terrible and awful. Uh, And I remember saying to people, yes, it is awful now, but don't worry, one day there'll be a vaccine. Sooner or later, there'll be a vaccine, a cure, a treatment, something. Uh, And I knew that because... That's how the human race works. When there's a problem, the human race finds a solution. It's always done it throughout history. And if there's a virus, they find a vaccine. It might take a while. You know, it it happened earlier than I thought. But I knew they'd find one. I knew there were some very, very, very very clever people in laboratories all over the world. Uh, These scientists, they would find one. And it's not even anything particularly virtuous. It's survival. It's instinctive. That's how the human race survives. If there's a problem, you get over it. You find a way of dealing with it. And that's what we did. Uh, Well, I didn't personally, but all these, you know, (laughs) extremely clever people in their laboratories, uh, they did. They found the vaccine. And so when I had mine, uh, and I didn't feel a thing, actually. Uh, Oh, great. No, I kind of said, is that it? Uh, When it was done. Uh, I remember feeling quite smug when I was walking away from the medical centre in Prees, which is a little village where I had it done, which has two shops and four churches. Uh, And not much... Uh, I'm walking back and thinking, well, there we are. See, I said this was going to happen. I said there'd be a vaccine, and here we are. There's a vaccine, and I've had it in my arm. Uh, and uh, I went off and bought a sandwich. Uh, oh, great. so great. So, you know, I, I did feel a bit rough. For, I did have the side effects that people said you would experience, the kind of lightheadedness and the sort of um, sluggishness and all that. sort of. But that, that, that faded off. Uh, and now, now I feel fit as a fiddle, fit as a fiddle and ready for love, huh. as the man said, and uh, <laughs> and uh, no, but, you know, no, it, it was good, no, and all kudos, praise, you cannot praise highly enough, all the people working in the NHS, doctors and nurses and all the people who are administering these vaccinations, you know, they, they are heroes, you know, people talk about heroes, and they talk about film stars or musicians, or whatever, footballers, or whatever, no, real heroes are the ones who work in hospitals and the ones who are saving lives and the ones who are giving out these injections. They're the people we should be admiring. Yeah, They the should be on stamps and all this sort of thing and, and having awards and all that sort of thing.
0: Lots they of have them lot. are volunteers giving their hours and their time for nothing. Yeah, so.
5: Exactly. Um, and in fact, i just volunteered for something. Uh, there's a market research company that wants to test people to see how prevalent the virus is so I'm going to be sent uh, a home testing kit so I've got to stick that cottonwood thing up my hooter Oh
0: right.
5: and uh, then send it off to the people so it can be analysed because uh, I've never had a coronavirus test I thought well let, let's try it let's let's help out
0: yeah I've never had one either actually and that must that is something that I will start doing once Ah uh, the restrictions ease and allow us to move out beyond the house, uh, which they will do very soon. so things are changed.
5: the pubs. The pubs will be open next week. We can sit outside, so it's a nice day. I've got a couple of friends who live around here that I'm gonna go for a drink with. Uh, so that's good. But here we are, here we are, and we are in a much better place than we were.
0: ago, yes.
5: months, nine months ago, six months ago. Science, you see, it's science. Science provides
0: so, the answer, always. Science, as, as Magnus that's... Pike uh, said on, on Thomas Dolby's. <laughs> um, she binded <laughs> yes, me I mean, with science.
5: he was uh, one of those people that everybody did impressions of back in the uh, 1970s, along with Frank Spencer and Colombo. Right. Uh, and I Marcus. was watching a Sunday Night at the London Palladium and somebody came on and did an impression of Frank Spencer and I thought, my God, this takes me back. Right. because. Everybody did, you know, back in the 70s and 80s, everybody did impression of Michael Crawford as Frank Spencer. So, and nobody's done it for bloody years, but it's somebody doing it. This is what it was like when I was a child. Wow. Impressions of Frank Spencer.
0: Again, that's talking pictures TV that that's on, isn't it? It is not
5: it yes. Yeah. It's, it's awful, Sunday Night at London Palladium. It's sort of like, you can understand why Variety died when you watch that programme. <laughs>
0: oh, dear. When oh, you watch, God. When
5: you watch Charlie Drake, you think, well, thank God we live...
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> different times you're great at pointing out the reasons why life is is better than we may sometimes think and and all the stuff that we have to be grateful for howard so yes some things are much
5: better than they used to be and here we are and we're all a lot you know and we're moving forward and um things are improving you know and let's be optimistic
0: yep slowly slowly Excellent. Howard, it is such a pleasure to have you back. Shall we dive into the bag of death and see what comes out?
5: Dive. Dive thoughts down to my soul.
0: So, the listeners, uh, the bag of death as you may know contains every English language movie that Howard uh, horror film or mainly kind of horror movies that that Howard and I have both seen, but maybe oh. not seen recently, and whenever we we plunge a hand into the bag of death, who knows what may be withdrawn on what we'll have to talk about so i am now rummaging rummage very exciting and i have got something and it is <gasps> the abominable snowman oh
5: it's
1: what the peter cushing one
0: well i i haven't seen there's only well yeah there's only peter cushing one yeah. isn't there well yeah well, um, the, so the Abominable Snowman is an is it 1957 Hammer film? It's yes. it, it it's it's a black and white film. It's a remake of a TV play, much like the Quatermass Experiment. It's a remake of a Nigel Neal TV play, which was called The Creature, and which also starred Peter Cushing. Um, the film version is directed by Val Guest, who did Quatermass Experiment and Quatermass Two. And the co-star in it is the American actor Forrest Tucker, um, and it, and the screenplay is written by Nigel Neal. So uh, it's I haven't seen the original play, but I can assume it's it's fairly faithful to the original. And it's basically about a, an expedition in the Himalayas. It's a contemporary setting, I think, isn't it? It's. A, I think it is. I'm not. It's
5: a long time since I've seen it. I do remember it was on a few years ago. And it's sort of—it's like conflict, I suppose. The, the point of it is this conflict between Peter Cushing's character, who wants to study the creature, and this is a whole new life form, we must sort of study it and understand it. And the Forrest Tucker character, who just wants to exploit it and make money out of it.
0: Yeah, and he I wants think, to kill it and take the specimen back to America, does not he?
5: Yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember too much. I, I do remember some scenes at a monastery.
0: Yeah, they start off in a Tibetan monastery, I think, and then move out onto into an expedition from there. Um, and it has a kind of gentle menace to it. I, if I remember correctly, I could be wrong, but I think the music is by Wilfred Josephs, and it's there's just a sense of mystery. It's quite beautifully shot as well. You know, considering it is Hammer, it is low budget. I think it's one of their best-looking movies. They obviously didn't shoot main unit stuff in snowy mountains. It's all, I think, it's all uh, mountain tops recreated in studio. But they did. I think they did send a camera unit to, uh, I think probably Wales, um, to 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 shoot kind of long shots of people going up you know, Mount Snowdon and places like that. So you do get these kind of epic vistas in it, and, it, and it's, it's really, it's really yeah, nice it, looking. It looked,
5: it looked realistic, the scenes on the mountains.
0: Yeah. Because it's hard
5: to do that in studios, to make a, a mountain, an icy mountain, look realistic. But I think they did they did that pretty well, I think. I think that, it looked good. Yeah. Hammer's production value was always pretty good. I thought it was very good, actually.
0: Well, considering their resources were actually very limited, um, and considering you know the, the the sheer size, i.e., not very big of the their main studios at Bray at the time, you know they had to keep reusing that that same kind of room and redressing it and redressing it. If you look at the making of Dracula, which was only one year after this, most of that movie is on the one set that they had, but they just kept redressing it. And they turned it into a different halls of a castle and they turned it into a graveyard. (laughs) And they turned it into a living room and a hotel and all this stuff. So,
5: Hammer films, to me, never look cheap. A lot of British films at the time, lower-budget films, they, they look cheap. They look, they've they got this cramped look to them, and they look they look very kind of like, slightly like a little bit tatty. But Hammer films never did. Even though they were made for not very much money, they always looked impressive. The sets always looked good. So they were able to make something really good out of not very much, and I think that was one of their real skills and why those films have survived, because they look really good.
0: I mean, I think that was true to an extent. I think that there's the... Um especially in the later Hammer films, it's kind of the foregrounded special effects which kind of undo that, you know, you've got your rubber bats and, and things like that um, which, which are a bit uh, shonky and which kind of undermine the the overall opulence, but especially in the early ones, they would just uh, th- there would be a grandeur to the settings and the use of colour and stuff. That... I think
5: so, there, that's the it is, there is a sense of grandeur to them, there's a sense of size to them and they look the, the sets and the costumes and the props they all look kind of fairly immaculate and, and you, you never think oh, I'm watching some cheap thing, it, it, it always looks very impressive and so does The Abominable Snowman I mean it's interesting but, um, why I find The Abominable Snowman interesting is it kind of, it's directed by Val Guest so it kind of it's in the same spirit, it's got the same look as the two Clayton mass films
0: Yeah.
5: in that it's black and white it's got an American star it's based on the Nigel Neal story, um, and it's like Hammer film that at that time were going through two slightly different paths. You've got the colour um, films based on the kind of like the the, the classic iconic monsters and, and myths and everything. You've got the Draculas and Frankenstein's, and they're made in colour with those really good sets and everything. And but it's, you've also got this other series of films like the two creative mass films, like X the Unknown like The Abominable Snowman, which are made in black and white, and which are much more kind of eerie and, and shadowy and that sort of thing. Um, much more but, but subtle, you know. Um, and they all have an American star in them. Uh, and it's like, that really didn't work. The Colourhammer the, the films, the gothic films, were so incredibly successful that the black and white films kind of, sort of, faded off.
0: Well, I think Abominable Snowman represents a partial transition between that those two modes doesn't it because you have got the American lead but you've also got Cushing as the co-lead yes. uh, and and you know it, it's it's very he's not a supporting character it's very much um you know a tug of war between them as to who dominates the movie I
5: think if, if anybody thought about this film now they think it's a Peter Cushing film
0: yeah the yeah star yeah
5: forrest Tucker, Tucker, i remember and you must get that name right you know those
0: two initials Um, (laughs) was in a series in the 1970s i remember
5: with great glee called i think it was called ghost hunters and it was sort of like ghostbusters 10 years earlier Uh, and they but it was this very cheap looking um i'm digressing now but i just remember the series um Uh, Forrest Tucker and an actor called Larry Storch and a man in a gorilla suit.
0: Uh, It was not Ghost Haunters, Howard. It was actually called Ghost. It was called The Ghostbusters. The the people who made the movie Ghostbusters had to pay the owners of that series for the rights to take the name. Well, it was. I mean, it was. It was
5: was kind of like a very cheap American comedy. It had a laugh track, I think, so it was a comedy show. Uh, And at the beginning. Forest Tucker was dressed like a baseball player, and Larry Storch, who's in Colombo, was the world's grumpiest driving instructor. He's like in a suit, and there's a man in a gorilla outfit. Uh, and I just remember the music. I'm Spencer, he's Tracy, I'm Kong, or
0: kind of. and yeah, they're they're Ghostbusters, yeah. Ghostbusters. I'm Spencer. I'm Tracy. He's Kong. <laughs>
5: comedians, like um, or comedy like Jim Backus, the Mr. Magoo voice, right. Would, you know, as sort of vampires and kind of, uh... but it was it was a comedy. I, it was one of those things that came from my, from my childhood, which sort of has embedded itself in my brain. I won't go away.
0: And in the I, early '80s, when the movie Ghostbusters was big, it caused a revival of interest in the TV series The Ghostbusters, and the toys came out again. So, and I, being five and not knowing what the hell was going on. I did have some toys of the Ghostbusters, which my parents bought for me, mistakenly thinking they were Ghostbusters. So I probably did have a little model of Forrest Tucker. I've never realised that until now.
5: What a wonderful thing to have. And I'm sure he would be thrilled to know that children all over the world are playing with little versions of him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. And,
5: and I, I don't know why there was a man in a gorilla suit. I,
0: n- no, surprised. I don't know. Um, I can't remember any reasoning behind it. Um, no,
5: I don't think there was any. It was the 1970s where there was no reasoning behind anything.
0: Really. <laughs> it just happened. Although, uh, how would you know this? Forrest Tucker as well. He is a Columbo victim, isn't he? He's a
5: Columbo victim. He's um, yeah. Gets killed by Patrick O'Neill, and it's a good one as well because his body is buried in a in a building in the foundations of a building.
0: Oh yes, that episode is actually directed by Peter Falk, isn't it? By Peter Falk himself. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, it's a good one. Not, not a great one, but it's a good one. Yeah, it's from the first series, that. Sorry, uh, listeners, this is turning into the Columbo podcast. It always will for a few seconds whenever I'm, Howard well, and no, I are talking. It's,
5: it's, it's into the...
0: Uh, <laughs> well, it's the no. Forrest Tucker podcast, really. But... Um, oh, yeah. oh, no, uh, uh, yeah. just to, to briefly drag it back to The Abominable Snowman, I do think it's effective. Basically, the the expedition to look for... The the Yeti, um, the the members of the expedition start to suffer mishaps, or to go a little bit mad, or to actually die, and yeah. a mystery builds up as to whether the 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 Yetis who are not seen are really uh, stalking them. Uh, I mean, you do see, you do eventually see the the Yetis, I think, but for the most part, they're unseen. Um, and, and the kind of members of the expedition are arguing is there really someone out here kind of uh tracking us what's going on uh, arguing about whether to go back to base or whether to carry on that kind of thing and it and it becomes um you know a kind of paranoid um uneasy journey and at the very end uh we you know we do have a, a resolution that i won't spoil but um, reveals something perhaps unexpected. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I do think it's worth watching, and also, listeners, if you don't know this movie, it's quite accessible. I think Hammer Films themselves have actually put it on their own YouTube channel, and it's also available on Shudder, or it used to be, um, and what, possibly so on I, Amazon I on Prime B- as well. I saw it on,
5: actually on BBC Two.
0: Right. That's BBC when I two, saw it.
5: Like horror film shown on terrestrial channels these days so
0: that was well they had a, a little burst of horror films a few years ago where they showed the mummy and dracula and curse of frankenstein and the abominable snowman i think all they were all on at christmas um well, I, you know, yeah i think it might be christmas because
5: i do remember but I, I remember being not even bbc four it was actually on bbc2 the world it's a long time since actually watching these sort of films on Terrestrial channel on on the BBC. Uh, I suppose it's kind of like the idea is they are all. Is it the abominable snowman, or are they all the victims of their own paranoia and their own greed and their own recklessness, and that's what sort of? Yeah. You no, know, and the, the abominable snowman, the yeti themselves, are just kind of gentle creatures who just want to be left alone.
0: Yeah, um, and being a Nigel Neal script, you know, the characterization is strong. The dialogue is good, uh, and, and it does it does hold your interest. So, um, as a fan of of early Hammer, and as a fan a fan of uh, anything else Nigel Neal has done, like I, ho- I hope that this podcast will have introduced some listeners to "During Barty's Party," and uh, and you know if you like that, go check this out because the writing, unlike in the, say the first Quatermass film. Where Nigel Neal's kind of voice is kind of been diluted by other writers, this is very much him, kind of just just yeah. doing what he wants to do. So I think it it, it carries that uh, standard. Uh, I also thought
5: it was interesting that the imported American star is the bad guy. Usually, the American, the fading American leading actor is is usually the goody, and the villains are always British. But yeah. uh, in... This, particular film, Forrest Tucker is the baddie. And Peter Cushing is the goody, so
0: Yeah, yeah. Um that's well again that that shows the kind of shift in Hammer's because confidence, in, in, I think.
5: In the original play it was Stanley Baker.
0: Yes, and I do wish that they'd retained him, not because Forrest Tucker is bad, but because no, I just love Stanley Baker and the idea of I is there another film that Baker and cushing are in together, I can't think of one. And Stanley uh, Baker was a Hammer star a little bit later than this. You know, he started not in horror films, but he started in a crime thriller called Hell Is a City for them. I'll just say that again because my fo- my phone made a noise. He started in a crime thriller called Hell Is a City for them, and he also started in a really great war movie called Yesterday's Enemy. All of which were directed by Val Guest. Um, <laughs> There's a film
5: called The Man Who Finally Died with Stanley Baker and Peter Cushing. It's not a horror film, despite the title. It's a spy story, but they're both in it.
0: Oh, great. With oh,
5: Rysetta, wow. I think, is in it. And, uh...
0: Wow, OK. I seen it, but
5: oh. I, I know they're both in it together.
0: That's one to check out. I love
5: that they're in it else together. But, but it has, uh, Stanley Baker's in the TV play. Stanley Baker's of course, is Welsh, so in the original TV play, the villain wasn't American. He was British, but in the film. And Forrest Tucker is a good actor, let me say you know, he was great in Ghostbusters (laughs) Uh, (laughs) He'd have to be
0: He's good in this He's he's, he's a good actor, usually he's to
5: be found in westerns, but uh, he did make a few sci-fi films
0: Right, well there we go uh, I keep wanting to call it The Creature but it is The Abominable Snowman. Hammer films, (laughs) 1957 Um, Check it out on YouTube or Shudder or Amazon Prime if you haven't seen it Thank you Howard that's the bag of death for this week. Oh. And uh, we'll see you, or we'll be hearing f- from you again when the podcast resumes after our spring break. After the hiatus? Yes, which will be limited in duration, we promise.
5: Uh, well, I, I, I'm buying a computer, so I might be able to join you.
0: Oh, that'd be great. Well, we look forward to that I'm very much. <laughs> Thank you so much, Howard. We'll see you next time.
5: Yep.
0: So yeah. Okay. What else have we got that we'd like to say in the last Um,
3: we didn't we podcast. didn't at all mention um last week about the just the kind of fortuitousness of um the beginning of this podcast. I think on the first episode that we recorded as part of the proper podcast, um, Dan, that you watched that. The Rob Zoom horror thing. Oh yes. Skit, yeah. Did, and then we were able to sort of track that. Mm. You yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. kind of as you know, um, with the release of Host and um, obviously having Rob on and Gemma on. Yeah. Stuff. So I think kind of you know, we're
0: going to pick one film that's been important to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be Host. Crucial. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Well, it's yes, it, yeah. it's funny and it speaks to how the pandemic has kind of warped time. Yeah, I think we're, in a way we're, we're very lucky to have that theme. We're, we're almost the host podcast at points, I think, and that's <laughs> wonderful. And it's and it has really made this a moment. Yeah. But it kind of uh, it made me realise how much life has changed and, and and become disconnected from the past because. We're talking about... I don't know if it's... I can't remember if it's on mic or not, but the other week I was talking to, to you all about how uh, we. I'd seen um, Salem from Host in uh, the Michael Fassbender mm. Macbeth film and Ian mentioned uh, that she was in Doctor Who recently and I know that I'd seen that episode so I was like, oh, why didn't I recognise her? And it actually took me a while to realise because Host had not been made when that episode uh, was broadcast, you know... Oh. Uh, it's it's mm. it's like we, we've moved into into a universe where everything is kind of so uh, you know joyless that we, we're <laughs> focusing on host and it's wonderful focus. and it's uh, <laughs> a, a, and it almost it's hard to imagine a, a universe without it to keep us going. So we've been really lucky. Yeah, that and,
1: and, and the uh, and the uh, and the fact I didn't realise until we interviewed Stephen Volk. How he'd been sort of instrumental, accidentally, in host getting made. You know, in that it was, it was him talking to Jed on his podcast, saying, you know, well, I don't know what I do today. That's up to your generation to sort out. And that set, mm. that set the, the sort of gears whirring in Jed's head. And then the pandemic. And I think then the pandemic happened. And then mm. it was, oh shit, Zoom. Well, that's modern. And here we are. Let's haunt Zoom. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, that's yeah. fantastic. And they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the pandemic has been a spur to action in many ways. For some people, it made them make a movie. For us, it made it made us finally make a podcast that we've been talking about doing for for 150 years. years. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes you just need to kick
1: up the arse. I know. <laughs> by, no, I be, by, doing all by not not quite getting around to buying a microphone and. <laughs> and I, I just keep thinking, I'm going to buy a microphone and then then is just going to disappear instantly and I'll never need to touch a podcast again.
2: I was going to get one, but I'm hoping that um, I'll be able to go back to campus teaching in September. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: so Mom, I, refuse yeah. to, I refuse to buy any more home kit because uh, I'm clinging on to the hope that I'll, I'll go back to work properly. Yeah,
1: no, I'm still going to buy a microphone because I'm certainly not going to drive in to somewhere and after we've done this. That's the thing. We kind of think I'm not going to especially drive in to meet the four of you. Um, not, <laughs> not like every week <laughs> when we could, just, when we could just do it on the internet. Whereas before well,
0: we are all in very different places, well, yeah, yeah. But, you know, like before
1: you went, Oh, do you want to come on my podcast? And it wasn't even in my head that I could do it remotely. It was like, Oh, where are you doing it? Oh, yeah, I remember. It and that was, yeah. What was that? Eighteen months ago, two years. Twenty
0: eighteen, that Ian. Yeah, do you, I've just edited. Yeah, well, on the last Halloween review episode that we put out at the end of the recording, there is a bit where the door opens and Howard is interrupted speaking and goes, "Oh, hello, Ian." So that's the moment when you came in <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> to yeah. do your very first recording. Yeah, and it's and, it's
1: and it's very much, and that that's the sort of tale of that's how crap it can be not not being able to use the internet because. I drove in, I had a I had a couple of pints of you and it was very nice seeing you, but I was also very tired. And then I drove home and drove Howard back to Shropshire and I got a speeding ticket going at thirty five miles an hour through a village. So it cost me thirty five quid in a fine. And then I came home. And now it'd be there's no way I'm coming in just for a couple of hours to meet you. How did we even think think that how do we even think that was normal? (laughs)
3: <laughs> but i think though though is what you're missing though ian is the idea that that actually if we were going to make meet in person your house would be the logical place i suppose so. <laughs> just in terms of distance oh, it's, true. it's
2: in the middle really
3: yeah. isn't it <laughs> yeah it is in the middle oh. so you probably wouldn't have to well, go anywhere we well, that, just like
1: arrive at yours all, can, you can
2: all, <laughs> all right party around at ian's yeah <laughs>
1: sit, around our, sit around our dining room table yeah oh, brilliant. brilliant
0: yeah um yeah well, we've just all mentioned our microphones. It's the last episode of the series, so I'm going to finally give an honour shout out to my two friends, both called Rick, who are responsible for the microphone I've been using. Poor Rick Redioff, he's had a credit, a thank you credit on the website all the time, and he hopefully he will hear me say this. I've been he, he lent me his microphone recorder, obviously before lockdown, and then I was unable to return it to him, so I've just done <laughs> every episode of this podcast on it. Um, and my other friend Rick O'Neill. Um, I he gave me the microphone, uh, which I've ended up giving to Kirsty. Um, and it, yes, it is in a bag, not not attached to. The yes, I know currently. you're having problems. <laughs> that yeah, that's happened, but it's there, and it's been it's been great use. Uh, I think Rick's uh, Rick O'Neill's specific intention was Here's a, here's a microphone. Go make some podcasts. So it's <laughs> great that we've Bless done you. it. Uh, yeah. So. Guys, we've got about 10 minutes left. Um, I think we're we're kind of normally at the point where we traditionally go recommendations, so I think make sure that you get any recommendations in um, in the last few minutes. Can I take this moment to,
3: to, to reiterate a previous um, recommendation, which is Tannis. Ah, oh. uh, yeah. So, yeah, kind of, yeah, podcast, Tannis, five seasons. Um, To be fair, the first three are probably struck the strongest, <laughs> kind of diehards. We'll see it through season th- three and four. Uh, sorry, four and five. Um, But it's, yeah, it's that kind of, again, kind of documentary, serial-style fiction. But is it? Um, i mean it is but it, <laughs> but it, but it, it like it's a, pretend that it's not um uh you know lots of kind of occult kind of connection points with things like um alistair crowley and jack parsons and
2: alistair crowley um, uh,
3: yeah he was Lovecraft a figure and things like that yeah um so yeah and the guy who who um kind of who hosts it um uh yeah, I shall sure not name because it gets complicated when you start thinking about fiction and non fiction elements of it. Um has got a very lulling voice as well. So it's got a very kind of, you know, lull- I, like,
0: I like lulling horror. Oh, no, no I know what you mean. <laughs> you know, that's kind of quietly disturbing. Mm. Oh, brilliant. No, I, that sounds completely up my street. Um, I, my go to if I can't get to sleep, I tried it last night when I had my burn hand and it bloody didn't work, but it usually does. Um, is to listen to M.R. James Ghost Stories read by Michael Hordern. Um There's one on the ash tree. Uh, there's a, a brilliant bit at the start of the story where, for no reason, it's completely irrelevant. He just goes on about the kind of houses he'd like to buy and live in. He just does that for about two pages and then goes, but this is a digression. It's relevant, though, because the story <laughs> I'm going to tell you is about a house. You know, there's no real link. Um, and it, but it's just great. Um Sorry, that, that was just a digression of my own. Um,
2: <laughs> Meta.
0: For a couple of, <laughs> yeah. of recommendations of mine, one of the wonderful things about doing this podcast of the last year was the fact that we got to experience one Fright Fest and two grim Fests yes. th- during the run. And one of the favourite films that w- we talked about a lot and the people um, to do with it were, were, were lovely to talk to and have been friends on Twitter is They Reach. Um, which I was delighted to discover is now on Amazon Prime. Oh, cool. So people can easily watch that. So I'll put that link uh, in there. Oh, yeah. Um, By the way, listeners, obviously because we're coming to the end of the episode, it seems appropriate for me to say, so the plan is that we will come back in a few months. And during the break you know we'll still be putting out bits of content as in things articles might appear on the website that might even be the occasional kind of short um bonus mini episode and things like that we (laughs) will be doing stuff behind the scenes but but we're just kind of having a break from the weekly schedule but we will be back um with uh more and more exciting of the same kind of stuff that, that we've enjoyed crafting so far um That's kind of the idea, and we'll still be on the social media and stuff like that, and and tweeting madly. So anyone has any ideas for things we should do episodes about, please Mm. do get in touch. We've Um, we've
1: built up a few in this episode, haven't we? So Get Out, and uh, what else was there?
2: And other things as well. Don't
0: Don't worry, I'll note it down. Dan's Dan's paying attention. Yeah,
2: yeah if someone can write in and tell us what we've just said that'd be great yeah, yeah.
0: and uh, we, uh, by the way a few weeks ago i i did stella's trick of recommending something that i haven't quite finished with yet <laughs> um and we kind of noted how that can be a mistake that will come back to bite you so I, I just want to acknowledge it now so it's the podcast uh the supernatural horror podcast audio series sour hall on audible which is a six-part drama um I, and I kind of recommended it but with the caveat I haven't heard the ending yet. Um so I don't know for certain. The ending was quite disappointing. It's uh, a shame because it's a really beautifully produced also, drama. <laughs> it was it was done on location. It's binaural as well, if that's if I'm pronouncing that yes. correctly, you know. It's uh it uses the stereo field. if you listen to be it with headphones, it's great and also when I got to the end credits of it I realised that a few people who made it were friends and acquaintances of mine so my friend Leah Clang! Marks who, who's got a wonderful podcast called The Voice Over Social which I'll, I'll mention in, in the notes it's not horror but it's really fun and useful if you're an actor or a podcaster or both um, yeah she was the associate producer and her baby appeared in it and there was an actor in it Called Andonis Anthony, who uh, I used to work with at the Oldham Coliseum It was not, you know, I think they felt they 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 recorded it on location. Basically, it felt like a very local production. Uh, they they went up to farmhouses in the in the hills around Leeds and recorded it in like last August when there was a kind of break in lockdown. So it's a really interesting production, but it does have a bit of a a disappointing ending. So I just have to caveat that yeah um so we've got like one minute
2: guys is there anything else any of you would like to throw in i would like to just say a big thank you to all three of you for being (laughs) here and doing this over the last year when i've probably gone like 10 15% 15% less mad than I would have been ordinarily <laughs> so thanks for yeah. letting us do this it has been fun. it's been thank you yeah and thank you Dan yeah for it's been for a good being... solid thing every week yeah. to have yeah. have an anchor in when everything else was just a complete mess
1: yeah
2: oh
0: bless you all it's it's been wonderful thank you so much for for giving your time to it and it's it's been a real kind of lifeline to me as well um so uh, yeah, I'm really glad that we did it, and in a way, um, I'm sorry to, to make a break in it, but uh, you know we'll continue to do creative stuff, and and then we'll we'll be back, um, and I'm sure it, it will be good as well for us all to to, to not have this weekly schedule for a, a little while, just to be able to yeah, go back and, and enjoy
2: finish, more of our time with our families the families. Yes, that's my wife. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> yeah, finish the book. Talk to my husband write a horror module and uh yeah, yeah. i'll have have all those things done by the next time we speak oh, i've got, I've got <laughs> okay i've
1: got several <laughs> scripts and uh and 10 issues of a comic to write
2: <laughs> we'll be fine so yeah totally fine Just, we've got this uh, we've
0: yeah we've all got writing to do and we're mm-hmm. going to do it absolutely because yes. we've been inspired yeah um <laughs> I think I've actually gone through all my recommendations. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah, excellent. So hopefully that's plenty to keep people going over the next three months. Um Yeah, don't, awesome. Don't cry well, no, Don't cry. You're all right. Thank you, Ian. Thank you. It is, it is it is quite quite difficult, quite emotional. It's a big moment. All right, listeners, thank you so much for keeping us company and or letting us keep you company all this time during lockdown. It's been an absolute blast. We hope that you've enjoyed it. Um and we will be back. Thank you so much, Stella. Thank you, Kirsty, thank you, Ian, for your company. Thanks, Dan. And thank you to Howard. And 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 all of our guests who have enlivened our episodes during the run as well. Yeah. Uh, you I know, got through the whole
1: episode the about story. saying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's good to know. It's it's good that you made the extra effort on the last yeah. episode. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, I, th- I think.
4: I think yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Just leave it. make care <laughs> 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 I, I love all that. It's I love that, that whole time. thing in the beginning, Dan, where you go. This may not be safe for work, and it's a bit like well. Should we listen to it at work. Yeah, this, Jim, what
2: this, do, this, you, this, what do you bloody do people do? I to a podcast.
1: What do you Do it, <laughs> <laughs> <This, can't. laughs> oh
2: my <God>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I,
0: I, I know at least one person who does definitely listen to this podcast at work. So that
2: and now she's fired. <laughs> he...
0: <laughs> so. yeah. yeah well what what fun. Mm. Alright guys, thank right. you so much. And we'll listeners, you'll hear from us again. Goodbye.
4: Bye bye
2: everybody. Bye.
4: You have been listening to and now the podcast starts. Produced and released by Ambidextrous Solutions Limited. Presented by Kirsty Warrow, T D Velasquez, Stella Gaynor, Ian Winterton and Howard Whittaker. Special thanks to Greg Hume for our original theme music and to Brian Gorman for our original artwork. All dialogue and music clips from films, TV shows and trailers are used for the purposes of criticism in the spirit of fair dealing as defined in U.K. law and fair use as defined in U.S. law. No copyright infringement is intended. Please visit our home on the web www.andnowpodcast.com for more content and contact details. Or visit our Facebook pages at andnowpod or at Lee Cushing Pod. Follow us on Twitter at andnowpodcast or at Lee Cushing Podcast. If you'd like to donate to us, please visit patreon.com forward slash andnowpodcast. And now, the podcast stops.